What is up, Reborn listeners? Thank you so much for joining me once again on the Reborn podcast. I have a guest today uh, by the name of Matt Lombardi, and he is the uh, founder of uh, Beam CBD products. And what I love so much about Matt's story is that uh, no matter where his journey took him in life, that he kept finding uh, the path that was meant for him. I think oftentimes we set out on a journey and I, I, I think that uh, sometimes we get so hung up on uh, the path that we're on that oftentimes we don't see other doors that could possibly or potentially open for us. And so this is what I love about Matt and his story and, and what he used to do was he was a, you know, he was a pro hockey player and how his path and his journey, how it just kind of transitioned and, and it, and it changed as other doors began to open for him. And, uh, I mean, he talks about, uh, some of the struggles as, um, not only just like an athlete and transitioning from that, but being an entrepreneur and believing in a product and wanting to put a, uh, an amazing product out there, especially for athletes. Um, and I mean, he has done that. I use beam products. My two favorite products from beam right now, uh, is the sleepy time tea. Uh, it's called dream. So it's like a hot cocoa cinnamon mix and it is so amazing. And then they have another product that really helps me so much. And I'm sure you guys can understand the amount of stuff that I have to get done in the course of the day. I have no room to be distracted and using their focus CBD really helps me just kind of focus on the task at hand. Uh, and it also doesn't have any caffeine. So I, you know, I, I don't have to worry about, um, being overstimulated with, uh, with, with a caffeinated product. So I'm really happy, uh, to bring on Matt and I cannot wait for you to hear our story. Matt, I want to welcome you onto the Reborn show, the Reborn podcast here with me. It's such like an honor to have you here with me today. Where are you based out of? Uh, I'm kind of all over. I don't want to bore the listeners with that. I'm kind of a nomad slash homeless right now. I'm in, right now I'm in Naples, Florida, but I've been kind of drifting around the last, I guess, like six months or so between Boston, Florida, and California. Are you going to come up the coast to Virginia Beach, Virginia? I could. I don't really have any ties anywhere, so I could definitely come up for a workout and hang out. <laughs> oh, I love that. And here, our podcast is recorded at my coffee whiskey bar. It's American Brew in Virginia Beach. So, um, I mean, yeah, like there's even a shower upstairs. We're upstairs on the loft. You could like sleep on one of the couches. <laughs> it's it's Perfect. easy. <laughs> and then you have whiskey and coffee, you know, at your disposal. And yeah, some good I don't food. need much, so that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, um, I want, can you just kind of start out the, for the listeners who, who don't know you as a, as a person and the human that you are, can we kind of start from the beginning and, um, talk about your roots and, and what is it that led you to create beam? Yeah. Um, I'll try to give the cliff note version of it, but, um, so I guess, I mean, my whole life I played hockey. And so I think I, my parents told me I started skating or learned how to skate when I was like two or three years old. So, um, you know, I grew up in the Boston area and, you know, going through middle school and playing travel hockey and then into high school. My, my biggest goal is, uh, when I was younger was to play hockey at Boston college, which I think, you know, when you're a young hockey player growing up in Boston, I think you either want to go to B or BC. 
and they're huge rivals. And then they have the bean pot, which if anyone's from Boston, they might know what that is. It's a pretty popular hockey term between the Boston schools. So um, I, I guess I grew up just wanting to do that pretty much. And was, I would say pretty monomaniacally focused on just doing that. I didn't really, you know, I've played some sports and a little bit here and there, but primarily just hockey. And I was fortunate to be able to realize that, I guess, childhood dream of going to BC and, um, had a really fun, wasn't easy, but had a really great four years. I've made some of my best friends. I'm you know, still best friends with today. We won two national championships while I was there. We played in three. Um, and how many, how many, just, how many years did you play, um, in the NHL? I played in the minors, uh, after school for two years. And so okay. then after BCD, I was in the minors with the devils and penguins. And then my second year I got thumped in the head pretty bad. And so I had a pretty bad concussion. I missed, um, gosh, I guess like the back half of that whole season. And that, that forced me out of hockey a little bit sooner than I was hoping to. Um, and then from there, I guess just to kind of connect the dots to what I'm doing today, all my friends in hockey, when they stopped, they either got into commercial real estate or finance at the time, I feel like. And I wound up at a financial firm in Boston and it was fun. And I got to learn a lot of new stuff. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, ultimately realized it really wasn't a career path I wanted to continue to pursue. Um, and so I started to help coach at a high school in Boston called Dexter and they had some great players. Um, there's a couple, you know, ones in the NHL now, a lot have gone on to play D ones so was a really elite high school hockey team. So it was really fun, you know, just to be there right after hockey, I just playing hockey. And, um, the cool part, I guess the interesting, you know, I left, so I left the financial firm after about seven or eight months, I started coaching at the school. It just stopped. And then BC had won again that year, the national championship. So it was kind of relevant. And I was still kind of cool, I think, to these high school hockey players because I wasn't too far removed from the game. And um, they all were asking, you know, do stuff with them after practice and work on skills. And then as the season ended, you know, what should I do for workouts and things like that? And kind of, I don't know how thought out it was, but the next thing I know, I had a couple of their brothers, Jack and Ryan. Um, they just, at my parents' house, I built like the ultimate hockey basement where you could work out. You had all your training. And then the other side of the basement was all for shooting pucks and skill work. So they just started popping down in the basement after school and started training them in the spring. And then all of a sudden summer came around, there was like a hundred kids signed up to this program that I just was kind of making up on the fly. And I was using a few different gyms based on where kids uh, lived. And um, I guess that kind of started me on an entrepreneurial journey a little bit. Um, had, I've had a, like, I don't know, call them failures or learning lessons. So I'll try to make it quick from there. Worked on, um, I met these two older guys that were in tech and essentially built this app that I put all of like my coaching and the workouts and the training this is probably getting a little long winded, but, um, it's relevant to beam. Um, long story short, there is just, we then gave this to BC and to Harvard, um, the hockey teams, this is like a test, like an, an operations platform, essentially. And this was back, this is like 2013, 2014. So there really wasn't much available. And like everything was still kind of archaic. Like when I was at BC, everything was like printed out, laminated, Excel sheets everywhere, communication. So anyways, this thing that I was using to train the, the kids, we were now selling to teams like the Bruins use it, the Celtics used it. We sold it to various teams in Notre Dame. So we're essentially creating this like operating platform for all elite collegiate and professional teams and probably three years or so we built a team and raised a little bit of money. Um, I ended up leaving. I just wasn't so eye to eye anymore. I was young, um, probably inexperienced and had, you know, 
some things I had to learn, but I, I, I decided to leave. And then I guess where my story is kind of unique. I was also engaged at the time and my ex fiance, she was a former Olympic gymnast. And so we sort of had this idea because I was passionate about mentoring young athletes. She was passionate about mentoring young athletes. We built this app that we were starting in gymnastics, given her background and essentially built this huge community of young aspiring gymnasts. We gave them access to Olympians and collegiate athletes and the best coaches and trainers. And we made a docu-series with UCLA gymnastics. We built this, you know, large community of gymnasts and it was going really well. And then I guess until it wasn't it was about maybe three, two, three years into that, like our relationship just wasn't working out anymore. The business wasn't really working out. Um, and then I sold my engagement ring and used that money and started being with Kevin. Um, <laughs> so it's been a, it's been an interesting That's awesome though. Ride. Like what yeah. it's, what a way to like take something that, you know, was probably just kind of like negative and investing that into what is now your future. Um, how, so how long has Beam been a company? Um, I think we're coming up on three years. So we launched right at the end of 2018 and that was, we didn't have a website yet. It was, I think November of 2018 and we just went to the local yoga studio and CrossFit gyms in Boston and set up a table. We had our first products with just the tincture and the topical and essentially we were selling it by hand. We wanted to get feedback before we invested a bunch of time and money into this and just see if people cared about it, if our brand resonated, if people are interested in CBD. So we started, uh, we have scrappy roots to our beginning. So Matt, as I jump in here, first question is, are you available next Tuesday for our championship men's league playoff game up in Connecticut? Because I, I think call we me need to give you the call up. Uh, <laughs> we definitely could use a ringer to, to come up there yeah. and help us seal that championship trophy. Yeah. So count me in. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. We'll, we'll count on you then. Uh, okay. I'll do a more serious topic. I, I want to talk about the journey, your journey to date through failure. I think each individual at this table right now, myself, you and Ashley all have, you know, kind of had our own highs and lows of our, you know, personal lives, our careers, et cetera, to date, you know, talk to us just a little bit about, you know, how do you overcome failure and use it as a positive to, um, catapult yourself to that next opportunity, that next journey. Um, I know Ashley can speak to it from, you know, how she's tackled it early on in, in her life and even using it as, you know, motivation in the gym and how it's then pivoted her to her world of business and um, professional success. But talk to us just a little bit about how you view failure and ultimately how it helps you become more successful down the road. Um yeah, I mean, gosh, there's a lot of there's a lot of lessons. I'm sure you both can could have, would have a long list of things just from your own careers and journeys. Um, I think relative to Beam, I think one thing that we've done really well, especially early on, uh, you know, I, I would say to like Beam, I guess like our first year of real bit like being direct to consumer online, 2019 to I would say we're at today, just very different. Like the team, you know, it used to just be Kevin and I, and now we're 16, 17 full time people, and we're just a lot smarter. We I would say we probably run more like a normal business back then. It was just, we know what we're doing. Um, so I, I think within that though, that ultimately has led us to have some success and hopefully to continue doing that is 
we're really good at just taking action on stuff. It sounds all really simplistic and probably not that original in terms of advice, but I don't know how else to simplify it other than we try stuff. And then if we get the results that we, we want to be getting, we'll lean into that more. And if we try something, we don't get the results, we stop doing it. Um, so we always, we just, we, you know, we'll have goals in mind. We've had a vision in mind, like even more macro, like what we want Beam to be, or even more, I think one of my favorite stories is when we started thinking about Beam and getting into the space or launching the business, we had um, a really close friend or someone who's just, he's a really successful entrepreneur. Um, and he kind of just said, guys, great. Like all these ideas sound great, but like, I'll challenge you. Like, can you go put this all and can you launch a company in the next 21 days? And so we're just like, all right, you know, we're athletes. Kevin, similar story to me, my co-founder, played baseball at BC, played professionally for the White Sox organization, added a, a baseball soon, he thought due to injury. So we're both competitive and wired that way. And it's kind of said, okay, Bruce, like challenge accepted. And we just, we laid out, what are, we want to launch in 21 days and just listed all of the things. Even at that time, it was simple. Like we had a, you know, form a business. We had to get a domains. We had to set up emails, get a banking account do the branding. Like. I want to, I want to interrupt you for a second, Matt. Yeah. I, I think from the transition from um, being a hockey player and then kind of going into this entrepreneurial mindset, um, did you ever feel at any time, because like fr- it sounded like from the beginning in your childhood, you, you wanted to be a, a hockey player. I mean, you did, you, you reached the highest level. Like it probably didn't last as long as it, that you wanted it to last. But did you ever at, at one point have an identity issue of like, who am I? And like, what am I doing? Because going from like a hockey player and like the mentality and then turning that, um, I mean, you can call it like aggression and competitiveness into like this, uh, a different type of competitive competitiveness, more of like a finesse in the business world and the savviness. I mean, you have like a business partner that probably helped you and like, you can like bounce ideas off of one another, but did, how was that transition going from being an athlete to now you're catering to athletes? You're almost on the other side. Um, but you're on the business side of things. I just wanted to like, even like on a, from like a mental state, like I'm sure you had to go through this like battle with yourself. Cause I feel like we always have these two voices in our minds, right? Like, um, it's like the, the positive voice. And then it's like the negative voice of like, am I doing what's right? And even for me, it's like, I still question what I do on a day-to-day basis when it comes to like the decision-making, um, things that, that come to my desk on how to grow a business. And so, um, can you just talk about like your transition being like a hockey player and how that was like with your identity going into the business world? And then like, how do you face, like, obviously it's different now when you have problems, you can't just like knock your problem out. Like you would like in the hockey rink, like you kind of have to, uh, take that with like a little bit more like finesse. And, um, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a good question. The thing I struggled with, um, and I heard often too, that like, you know, you never, um, you'll never be as passionate about something, whatever you do now as you were in hockey. And I, I didn't really fully subscribe to that. Cause I just thought that, you know, why not? Why can't I find something, even though I did, I, you know, I've been playing hockey for my whole life, you know, why couldn't I find something that I'm just as, or if not more passionate about? Um, and the thing that I realized, it took me a while to your point, I was kind of, it was tough to stop playing hockey and not so much. It was on my terms and it wasn't exactly according to plan. So then now I'm sort of out of hockey and trying to figure out what to do. And I think what I had to realize was what was it about hockey that I was so passionate about and you know, what other things could provide that. So for me, it was not so much like I'd love, you know, it wasn't just the actual game. It was more just either the emotions or the process of trying to achieve certain things in hockey that 
I just directly linked to being an entrepreneur, um, whether it be the lifestyle. I think, you know, also there's the idea that hockey can provide financial freedom. There's a lot of benefits in just creating that type of lifestyle. But then also just, I personally love the process of practicing and training and getting better, trying to win championships. And, um, I mean, just in regards to being like, I don't know how, I mean, they're in my mind, they're exactly the same. Like we're trying to win a championship. We might translate a little bit differently. It might look a little bit differently holding a trophy up, but but um, why, know, why, why beam though? Like why a CBD? Like, were you attached to that because you saw, um, like you saw the effects and like the positivity of how it helped other people? Did, did you have any experience using CBD and it helped your, you know, yourself personally? I mean, like why, why do a CBD product? Like why not do like an RTD or like, you know, uh, an energy drink or something like, what is it? What was it like the, the, when, you know, you're passion driven, like, what is it that led you to create? that is now like the awesome company of beam. Yeah. Um, that came through personal experience. Kevin and I were having, we're training for the Boston marathon in 2018. And, um, we started reading about CBD and didn't know what the heck it was. And so did you qualify? You qualified for the Boston marathon? Oh God, no. Um, we both ran oh. for charities. Kevin's a great, oh, he's done I was going to say, dude, that is like so that. dope. It's hard to get a qualifying bid yeah. or like, you know, you oh, go no, into you, a lottery. That's tough. Yeah, dude. No, you have but to still, okay, for charity, whatever you ran it, you ran it. it I still matter. think I ran a pretty good time being a <laughs> hockey good. player. You don't do any endurance stuff. So I was pretty, I think I <laughs> ran like three thirty-five, three forty, which I was pretty pumped about for my yeah, first time. That's awesome. Um, so you guys were training for the Boston marathon and you needed, okay, so go on. Yeah. My, for me, cause I've never, Kevin is, is done Ironmans and he's kind of more of an endurance athlete. I had never done anything in hockey. You don't do long distance running. So my body's killing me. And I was really intrigued just by the inflammation and the aches and pains and some of those benefits you, you read about. And we just, we started trying some products and it was just interesting because when we were athletes used to get drug tested and all I really knew was weed, marijuana. I didn't know what THC was. I never heard of CBD. I didn't know what a cannabinoid was. And we just, we're very, we're big wellness enthusiasts. We love all things, health and wellness supplements, working out, et cetera. And we just started reading about it, trying different products, seeing some pretty profound benefits, you know, my personally with all the aches and pains. And then we just took a step back and looked at the market and you had sort of this emerging market going on. Um, and it seemed like every five minutes, a new brand or company was launching. And uh, when you looked at the space, so all these brands had the cannabis leaf on it or they just, they had weird form factors, patches and vapes and, you know, edibles and things like that. And we just didn't really associate or resonate with that. We were more used to having things in capsules or powders or just more simplistic supplement form. And we just kind of, we just looked at it and we're very passionate about all things health and wellness. So definitely combine that. And then we also just saw an opportunity, like we, we could really pioneer. No one's really built a very consumer friendly, athletic, active lifestyle, wellness focused brand. And also everybody's doing literally the same exact thing. They're just putting different labels on it. Everything was at that time, especially was just private labeled or white labeled. Um, so we just had the confidence in ourselves to figure out like we can really build like the emerging brand in this category. No one's really done it yet. And there, there are some great brands in the space, but I mean, there's one stat, it's like 97% of companies today in CBD do a million dollars or less annual revenue. So it's a really fragmented industry. There's, there's a ton of businesses, but there's really just a small number that are, I would say running a sustainable or, scalable business. Um, so it wasn't, you know, we're like long lifelong, you know, cannabis or hemp or, or anything like that. It was more just, we personally had unique experiences using it, saw the opportunity to bring it more to the masses because no one had done that. And, and then I think we were just confident, I guess, like, just like we were with athletes, confident and dreaming big and coming up with a big vision. 
Today's episode of Reborn is brought to you by Manscaped.com. If you've listened to Reborn for a while, you know that I'm a huge fan of Manscaped and their Performance Package Kit, which is the world's first all-in-one men's grooming kit that makes trimming the hedges efficient and easy. I'm excited to share that Manscaped just released a new in-shower solution specifically designed for men. The new body wash by Manscaped is a premium daily shower gel scented with Manscaped refined cologne and features a luxurious lather for any skin type. It's infused with aloe vera and sea salt, so it gives the perfect balance of tough cleaning and soothing hydration. And like all Manscaped products, it smells great. The 16-ounce aluminum bottle has a convenient pump top to measure the perfect amount of body wash needed for head-to-toe coverage, making it easy to keep your skin clean, fresh, moisturized, and reinvigorated without over-drying. The refined body wash is a vegan formula that is both nourishing and gentle on your skin, made specifically for men for that all-day fresh filling, and it comes with no dyes, or harmful chemicals. It's the ultimate complement to your in-shower grooming routine. After you cleanse with the refined body wash, grab your Manscaped Lawn Mower 4.0 waterproof body trimmer and shave when your skin is soft and properly prepped for trimming. Be sure to opt in for the Manscaped Peak Hygiene Plan so you can make sure you never run out of your favorite Manscaped products. You'll get monthly or quarterly replenishments of your Manscaped body wash without the hassle. It's delivered straight to your door. Go to manscaped.com forward slash Ashley for 20% off of your order plus free shipping. That's 20% off plus free shipping by going to manscaped.com forward slash Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y. So Matt, I really want to understand the business side of CBD because I think there's so much to unpack when it comes to understanding just the overall category itself. But for a lot of the listeners here, I think the business side is going to be super important to understand and and where the industry is going as a whole. With Beam right now, you know, a lot of athletes are, you know, using Beam products and, you know, it really has carved out its niche within the CBD world and category. But what I really want to understand is, you know, when you're kind of at this peak from somebody like my, the vantage point of someone like myself who is viewing the brand that way, how do you evolve and where do you go next? What is next in this world uh, of such a, evolving category that is not so so much defined like how does a company like yours continue to evolve with a category that is doing the same at such a rapid pace yeah it's a great question and it's an interesting topic i think again initially when we first launched i think everybody the majority of people that got in the space just said hey like this is an emerging market i just wanted to get in here and sell cbd products it's a hot space people are buying it it's interesting it's you know kind of like a gold rush and then I think what we've done uniquely, which is we've sort of had a hypothesis or sort of like a thesis on the space of, to your question, which is like, where do we actually think this is going to go and how do we start planning and doing that now? And what's been interesting over the space is that a lot of companies have just died off either through there was this whole like payment processing stuff, which is unique to cannabis or CBD that I won't bore you with. 
then COVID happened. And if you weren't set up the right way, or if you're heavy into retail, or you just weren't a very big business, that wasn't good for business. Um, our, our whole thesis is that CBD will eventually just become an everyday lifestyle supplement. I still think that's further on down the road, but I think you're seeing more and more signs of it getting there. Um, to us, we always have just considered and had this idea that it'll always just be a great ingredient, just the way you use certain adaptogens. Our whole thing is, you know, supplementation really is just moving towards this whole idea of like function and benefit versus I think the days of going to like Whole Foods and just seeing an aisle of a bunch of adaptogens, just single adaptogens in a bottle. It doesn't really talk about what they're for, but there's ashwagandha and there's rhodiola and lion's mane. And it's a little overwhelming and hard to understand like what, what why would I use these and what is the benefit of them? So our whole approach has been the idea of more functional supplementation uh, and really understanding what benefits people want. Um, so for us, CB just plays a role in that. Um, so when you make our dream product, that's just one of five or six ingredients that help you get a good night's sleep. So CBD will just over time become more of a mainstream ingredient, especially as it gets more regulated. It starts to get into mass retail. The FDA has a stance on it because it, it's not, a, it doesn't give you the high. It doesn't have a psychoactive component to it. Um, there's so many health benefits tied to it. And as more research and everything gets done with it, it'll just be more of a, I would say commoditized ingredient, just like you see adaptogens and minerals and vitamins and collagen and things like that. Um, but I think a lot of people just got into the space because it was a hot popular thing and, and saw an easy path maybe to, to making some money or building a quick business. But the idea that we've built in and led with early on, which is understanding again, like we're focused, we understand like we want to know who our consumers are what are the pain points and benefits and like, what are their need states that they have? And then how do we understand that, but also make it super simple. It's, I think it's really, again, probably common um, advice to say, you know, lean towards simplicity and don't be too complex and keep it simple, but it's incredibly hard to actually execute on that. And I think one of our secret sauces too, is just like our ability to just make it super simple based on benefits functions and just create good products based on that versus like for us, CBD isn't like a hero, secure hero product, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it absolutely does. So with that, I want to pivot a little bit and just talk a little bit about the world of business because both of you have such incredibly strong business backgrounds. Uh, Matt, obviously, as you're building an empire uh, with the world of CBD and, and what Beam has done so far, Ashley has her hands in more businesses than we can even count at this point. Uh, talk to us a little bit about what do you look for characteristic-wise when you're about to enter into a business relationship with somebody? I think a lot of us have our our checklist of certain things, you know, whether that is trust or charisma, uh, just a variety of different uh, characteristics. But what do both of you look for when you're about to enter into a business relationship with somebody? Well, I think um, for for myself personally, it's important that you understand their mission statement and where the company is going. Um, I, what, what I have found, and like, this is even from the beginning of whenever I first decided that I, that I wanted to open up a coffee whiskey bar, it's really easy unless somebody truly understands like, and can see your vision, which can be hard. It can be really hard, 
Um, I do consider myself like, even though like I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, like there's a part of me that's an artist. Like I love to design and create, like, I can't go draw anything at all. You know, I think my, you know, my kids can probably draw better than, than I can, but, um, you know, there, there is a, I'm like a visionary. Like I love to envision things and I love to create. And whenever, um, I have these visions of things that I want to build or like the companies that I want to grow. And this is the direction that I want to go bringing somebody in who can, can help me advance and help me make that dream uh, reality. You have to be able to paint a really clear picture of the direction that you want to go. And, um, you know, in, in the beginning of creating American Brew, I had like this idea of like what I wanted in my mind. And I was trying to like paint the picture even on the whiteboard and describe it. And before I knew it, it's, it's easy. It, it, you have to be very cautious about allowing other people take your paintbrushes and paint the picture on your canvas. And before you know it, it's like, you know, maybe in the beginning, the small changes don't matter, but over time, it's just like changing a recipe in, in the back of the kitchen of, of American brew. You know, you take out like one recipe, like, or one ingredient to a recipe. It may not be, uh, you may not really taste or even like see the effects of that, of, of that, uh, ingredient missing. But over time, if like people just start like chipping away of like, you know, this is how I wanted it. This is how it was supposed to be. And I think, you know, for me, you have to bring people on who can really truly grasp your vision, who you are and where you want to go. I think that it's, it's, it's hard. It, it can be really, really hard these days because, you know, and I don't know, like, like with you, Matt, like I also, I love to bring people onto my team who are also dreamers who can, see things from a different lens that I may not be able to see. And so, um, I, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like you, you have to know your vision, you have to know your direction, but you have to also be open to other people coming in and helping you grow that vision. But it has to be the way that, that you ultimately have seen it. Yeah, just, I agree with that hundred percent. And then to add to that too, <clears throat> I think of it into your question, Andrew, too, in the context, like I'd say it's a little bit different when we're hiring full-time employees in a team. And then as we grow, you know, partnerships and those types of, um, uh, thing, but with people on the team to what you're saying, like one thing that we always look for too, is like, it's again, simplistic, but you have to be passionate about what you do. Um, and really the things that we found is like, we've gone through so many ups and downs and twists and turns along the journey that you just, you have to be so passionate about, cause it just, it prevents you from quitting. And I think, you know, or else you just wouldn't put yourself through it because, you know, I think it only rational people would, you know, it seems rational probably to not keep doing it. So when it comes to either, like, I would say co-founder, or even as you build like your initial team, your employees, like you really just have to find people that you really think to your point, share the vision. A lot of that comes through the passion for it. And it's just so important because you go through so many hard things. It gets so difficult depending on what you're trying to do that it, it prevents you from giving up and quitting and having the perseverance to do that. And then a few, just, I would say more, things that we've learned along the way, like when we do hire the team, grit has always been something that stands out. Like you have to have gone through like tough things in life. Um, we find just that if you haven't, it's really hard to then go through them. If you haven't really experienced like what it's like to go through different ups and downs and just to, again, be able to persevere. And then for us being really good communicators, um, I want to say every problem we've run into is probably rooted in bad communication or not being aligned on something. And one of the things Kevin and I, encourage a ton on the team is just radical transparency and radical communication. We love having disagreements with the team or with each other just because you get better outcomes. And at the same time though, for some people that's very uncomfortable to give people direct feedback or to be very honest with them about what you're thinking or feeling, but 
you get such better results when you learn how to communicate really well with people, learn how to be really direct with people. Um, and then the last thing that we found as a common denominator between our, you know, some of our best teammates and people we've hired is just their self-starters. Um, it might be more in the nature of startups, but you just have to get people who can just take something and run with it. They, they fail quickly. They learn a lot. They're aggressive in what they do. They know how to take action. They don't sit around waiting to be told what to do. Um, and those are just some of the traits that we found have been probably the most, I would say between each person is just like the common threads that they have a lot of grit. They have a lot of self-starterness in them. And then they've either learned or have been really good communicators with each other. Um, from the partnership side, I would say just quickly, the things that are most important to us is just people who are good reflections of our brand and that they equally feel like Beam is a good reflection of our brand or their brand just because of our values, our principles, and how we want to be reflected and show up in the world. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's so important, Matt, and like really valuable. And I like to, you know, mentor younger um, aspiring athletes who want to have like a social presence or a social platform. Uh the biggest advice that I can give anybody who is, who is wanting to have that platform is you cannot fake it. Like you cannot be with a brand that you either don't genuinely use or that you don't have a clue what it's about. And, um, like people will see right through that. I think there's so much of it going on, like on social media that, um, and, and for me, there has been one time, like in the very beginning when I first started, like my social influence, I guess is what you can call it. Um, and I, you know, I, I felt I put like a product up and I hadn't even used it. And I didn't really like, I didn't really know anything about it. I ended up, I felt so guilty. I ended up taking it down and I gave them it, whoever it was. It was like a weird tea or something. I gave them their money back because I was like, I just like the community and the culture that I'm creating and that I'm developing. Like, I just, I feel like I, I just, I couldn't do it. I don't know what it was. I just couldn't do it. And from like that point forward, I made a promise to myself that like, no matter what, I have to truly love and, and, and use the brands that I represent and that use the brands. And, and I want to be educated by the brands and know what they do and, um, and the products that the brands are putting out there that, that I represent, because I think it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's a two way, it's a two way thing. Like I want to learn and know everything I can, um, about the products and it's interesting you say that too because I, I think sometimes i feel like you know when i share advice or lessons learned i feel like it's overly simplistic it's nothing unique to me it's right um and i would say even that advice i feel like it's almost intuitive like you have to be authentic right and then but sometimes you look and it's like well why don't people why don't you think people are not authentic or like some of the stuff that you know we've learned along the way it's almost like how would people not do that it seems you know we talk about simplicity simplicity is so important i think every brand would probably agree to that whether it's their messaging their products whatever but I would say few people execute on that. We still think we need to get better at, but I think we have done a decent job of it. Why, how, like, do you have an opinion why you think people wouldn't or haven't been authentic to that? Um, I just think that a lot of people are just so eager to like, I don't know, have like a platform or, or make a couple bucks like with, you know, social media. I mean, that's a thing now you can monetize, you know, with social media and having that platform. And I just think that, you know, a lot of times, like a lot of the, the younger aspiring, um, either like fitness individuals or anybody who has like a, like a platform, they just want to get like that first deal. I think that they're so eager about just getting anything and, um, which is like, it's a very big milestone for people, but, uh, you know, I, I just like, you know, if you're listening to this and you're wanting to start building your real, you know, your, your brand that 
you have to be, you have to be authentic and you have to be genuine in the brands that you use and the brands that you partnership that you partner with. Um, I do have a question, uh, like, so right now I want to talk a little bit about, about beam. Cause I'm just, I'm genuinely interested. Um, I take the focus and I take the dream at night, which is like by far the best product that I've, that I've ever taken. Um, I want to ask you, do you have a favorite product? Are you biased towards any one product of beam? Like which one do you like? I'm actually, I'm on the same train as you. So focus and dream are my two daily go-to. So I always yeah. take focus capsules, probably late morning. So I kind of have my coffee and, um, I take athletic greens in the morning. First thing I wake up with and drink a bunch of water. Then I make a coffee with collagen and some right now I use, um, like a Laird Hamilton. I don't know if you know that brand his yeah. creamer and then I'll have some more water. And then I have my focus capsules sort of later in the day. Um, and then I make, I make my dream every night. And then I would just say throughout the day, I'm always just adding electrolytes to the water, but um, Focus and Dream are my go-tos. Um, I would say the Revive capsules, so those are for people listening. So those are CBD. And then there's, there's turmeric and a bunch of other ingredients for inflammation, aches and pains, things like that. I usually use those more as needed than on a daily regimen. So just if my body's sort of getting a little beat up, um, I usually use those a little bit more too, but yeah, same, same as me focus and dream are my, my favorites. Do, are there any new products on the horizon for beam coming out? Can you, can you we're, talk about those? Can this be yeah. an exclusive announcement? <laughs> I want to feel um, really special right now. We're, we're working on, um, I don't know how top, I wouldn't call it top secret, but we're working on a new flavor of dream. Um, how can you, how can you beat the cocoa cinnamon flavor? That's going to be uh, tough. I'm just telling you, I don't even know what you guys are like coming up with, but I'm just going to tell you, it's going to be really hard to beat that. So good you luck. You can, well, you'll give it, you can, you can let us know and give us your honest feedback. Um, okay. we, or maybe we can share some samples with you. Um, we're working on some fun stuff in the electrolyte category again. Mm. Um, that'll be more like Q1. And then I guess beyond that, we probably a little bit more keep it tight to our chest, but um, really just like overall, the whole idea is like, how do we continue I'd say like what we're about really is trying to figure out like whether you're an athlete, you're just trying to live a healthy lifestyle or anything in between that. Um, we want to make it really easy just to stay happy, healthy, whole. So essentially just take your beam, whatever products you need, whatever benefits you're looking for and go keep chasing whatever it is that you're passionate about or wherever your craft is kind of like just let beam will take care of this. We've got you covered. You just keep focused on whatever it is that you're doing. So we'll continue down that path of building these functional purpose-driven products that just support that'll support you in a way that allows you to do more of what you love doing. What is a, what does beam mean? Tell me how this name, like tell me how this name came to, uh, it was a little bit just in the early, you know, when we're looking at the market, everything was so cannabis focused and so medicinal and that looking that we just wanted to, again, like in the spirit of building a brand that could be really consumer friendly and approachable and aspirational and, Beam was just a simple, friendly word. We think there's elements, you know, beam, energy, light, stability, support that it can resonate and serve what we're trying to do with our products and our community. And is this a normal word? It wasn't anything cannabis related. So it's hard though, coming up with the name is actually just one of those things. Um, I had thought of it. It just, it kind of like popped in my head. I was like two in the morning. I don't know if I was like asleep or half asleep thinking of names and it just, I kind of like sat up, I remember. And then the next day, just, you know, text her called Kevin and it just seemed to, everyone that we told, shared it with just said, that's it. I think that's, that's what it should be. It just seemed wow. to stick. 
I love that. Um, well, it, you know, without a doubt you've done, it, it's, it's so cool to see some like an athlete like yourself, um, and probably taking those disciplines that you learned as an athlete in your athletic career and taking it over to now being an entrepreneur and being, um, the boss of yourself and running a company like beam. And not only that, but you're helping so many athletes like myself, um, in the everyday lifestyle. And I think that that is, that is a truly, truly remarkable. Um, I have a final question that I want to ask you. Um, what Matt would you say is the legacy that you want to leave behind? Um, for me, I, I think it's, I think one thing that, um, I've always just gravitated towards and is important to me is just inspiring other people. And and for me, I've always just thought of that, like how through my own journey and story and process, can I help other people create their own journeys? Um, you know, and I've gone through different things in life personally and professionally that, you know, I always just think like, how do I handle this and how can I approach this so that it can be inspiring or helpful to someone else? Um, so ultimately I think like through business and being an entrepreneur and just, trying to be a good person that I love the idea. So like when I was, you know, coaching young kids, I love the idea of, you know, trying to inspire the next generation of athletes. And, you know, now I love the idea of trying to inspire, you know, next generation of entrepreneurs or just, you know, people in general. And again, a lot of that, just like, how can I shape my journey and story to help inspire someone else's journey? So at the highest level, that's, I guess, what I think of and, and gets me excited about what I do. If you could look back at the younger Matt self, whenever you were transitioning from like your injury and, you know, you had no idea what was in store for you, uh, what would you tell your younger self? You know, there's what I go back now looking at things and maybe say, I can see how the dots connected in 2020 hindsight, all that stuff. I think, um, for me, I kind of made up my mind. I was like, I'm just going to you know, do things that I think I'm passionate about and just trust, you know, it'll work out as long as I kind of stick to that as sort of my guiding. And, um, in the moment, I think that was probably scary. And, uh, there was just a lot of uncertainties and unknowns tied to that. And I think there's probably times where I resisted a little bit and maybe went in a different direction, ultimately just to come back and start pursuing things that I felt were more authentic to me and more aligned with my passion. So I would just have probably harped on that. Like it's okay to trust your gut and your natural instincts and do the things that you think are passionate about. Like I've always just been a big believer, just trust the process and the results will happen. I've, that's been my mindset. It was through hockey when we're trying to win a championship, don't focus on a championship, just practice hard each day and then show up to the game and show up to practice the next day. And same thing with beam, just show up today, do a good job. Um, so I guess back then I would just would have leaned more into that trust your intuition and, um, like you'll get there. Just keep, keep going forward. Where can people find you? Where can people find the product? Um, we already know your recommendations. My recommendations are definitely the the focus and the dream. It's absolutely amazing. Two amazing products. Um, so where can people where can people find your products? Where can people find you? Learn about your story and everything that you're doing. Yeah. Um, so we're at Beam on Instagram. So just B E A M, and then our website is beamtlc.com. We used to have a tagline that was no THC, just TLC. Um, so that's where the TLC came from. And then my Instagram is Matt Lombardi 24. Awesome. Thanks again, Matt. We appreciate you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the reborn show with me today. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure, um, getting to know you, hearing about your story and, um, where it's been and where you're going. And I'm 
like I said before, I'm, I'm definitely a fan and I, I feel truly honored to be representing just such a great product that I can go out and, and share with my community and my followers and people who are in my life, um, that, you know, having a product that will, that will definitely help them. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Great chatting with you guys. Thank you guys so much for joining me on the Reborn Podcast with Mr. Lombardi. Uh, I hope that this inspires you to just chase after the things that you want and know that just because one journey and one path and and maybe a door is shutting, understand that there are other doors that are going to open for you. And um, it takes time. It takes a lot of time uh, to pave that path and to get clarity in your journey. So thank you so much for joining me today on um, this week's Reborn Podcast. I will catch you guys next week. Make sure you subscribe, give us a like, a follow, uh, give us a comment back, and uh, you can follow us on Instagram at RebornPod. And I'll see you guys next week. Peace.